Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Davin Michaels is a serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and founder of 123 Employee, known for pioneering remote business solutions and his influential role in the music and digital finance industries. Today, we deep dive into Davin's incredible entrepreneurial journey. You'll learn Davin's extraordinary journey from his early days in the music industry to founding and exiting several lucrative businesses, including 123 Employee, which he built into an outsourcing powerhouse. You'll learn insights into the extensive tax advantages available in Puerto Rico for U.S. citizens and how to effectively leverage them, and how to leverage opportunity zones to maximize tax savings when investing in Puerto Rican real estate as a non-resident. One more thing before we get to today's interview. I've got something special for Lifestyle Investor Podcast listeners. Davin's company, 123 Employee, is a virtual assistant company that entrepreneurs use to supercharge their business. The company's skilled agents are trained to supply you with qualified leads and enable you to grow exponentially. Davin has agreed to let the Lifestyle Investor listeners test drive this service absolutely free. In fact, you'll get 10 hours on the house to see if their VAs are a good fit for you. To get access to this gift, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 170. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Davin Michaels. What's up, Davin? So good to have you here. Good to see you, amigo. As you can see, it's a little windy here. But it's a gorgeous view. For those of you that are watching this and not listening, we've got a gorgeous Puerto Rican marina out behind you, which is basically a few steps from your back door. That's right. So we're coming to you today from Puerto Rico, and I figured I'd open here, but it is raining, or it's going to rain, and it's windy. So I'm going to go in my office, but I figured because we're talking about Puerto Rico today and all kinds of cool stuff, I thought it'd be cool to start in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Well, it's gorgeous that you have that view and that yes. you can just pop right out, and, and yeah. there you are. Yeah. And now, by the way, we've got quite the background with like some record it looks like some cool records, maybe some yeah, record breakers. I, yeah, in my former former life, I uh, produced music and television for almost 15 years, so I had a very good run there. You know, it's funny, you never really know what impact you have on anybody. I'll tell you guys something kind of cool. So I'm sure your listeners and viewers know Russell Brunson. And Russell and I, we go so far back, like back to when we were both just hustling. And so I have some friends here in Puerto Rico and they had joined Russell's mastermind and they went to the mastermind and the wife of, of this friend of mine, Russell was walking by and, and she said, Russell. And I told them to tell Russell, I said, hi. So they go, Russell. And he goes, Davin said, hi. He stops. He turns around and said, 
Davin Michaels? And she said, yeah. He said, you know, let me tell you something kind of interesting. You know, I've known Davin forever, and he's always had that kind of wall of gold and platinum records. He goes, that's what inspired me to create the Comma Awards. That's cool. It's super cool. And I never even knew that. Uh, Russell never told me. So you, you never know what impact you're going to have. Well, I love your background and, and it is inspirational. It, it kind of, whenever I hear the comma club, it always reminds me of the Silicon Valley episode, Trace Commas, which is quite hysterical. I'm trying to remember that one. Oh, uh, the character that plays the billionaire is just so funny and it's so traumatic about when he's a billionaire, when he loses that third comma, and now life's over. Oh, yes. You I know, remember he's only that. worth. 950 million. That's a great episode. It's a great episode. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to kind of chronicle your journey because you started very young as an entrepreneur. You've you've started, founded, and sold many businesses. And you've also had a lot of like reiterations of yourself and how you're showing up in the world. And so I think it'd be fun to tell your story, but also through the lens of like, hey, how can we help people who are maybe on the corporate side, wanting to move to the entrepreneurship side or people that are entrepreneurs looking to scale. Or what I think you've done beautifully is be an entrepreneur that has removed himself from the business, but the business still scales at a high level. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I used to think I had this remarkable story until I started speaking all over the globe to entrepreneurs, just like everyone watching. And I find that all entrepreneurs have like an incredible story, right? It's an entrepreneur story, but mine is certainly an entrepreneur story. Started my business at 15. I was in the clothing business. I was designing clothing for music groups and none of my groups had anything going on. They were all broke. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but an amazing thing happened. A short while after we opened uh, for business, MTV came on the air, changed the face of music, changed my life. I was working with these bands that had nothing going on. Within about 90 days, most of my bands had record deals. Within a year, they're selling millions of albums, and we rode that wave. And it was an incredible ride, especially at such a young age. And I remember, you know, we had our first big event, 600 people at that event. And then you know, I traveled with the groups. Then we had 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, 10,000, 25,000, 50,000 people in stadiums. It was it was mind-boggling. And I was uh, designing clothing for all the biggest bands of the 80s and 90s. That was my first company. Then I started a telecommunications company, had a really amazing exit at a very young age that changed my life. Sold to a, another company that was public, but took back some stock in that deal. And that was awesome. And by the way, actually, the structuring of that deal was unique because you got paid out some cash, but then you got to roll forward some of it in stock. And then that company got bought by a public company, right? How do you know this story? I don't know if we've talked about it or okay. if I just have a, a great memory. You know, I, have a, I have a knack for remembering all kinds of interesting details about people. Great memory because it's so long ago. So yes, that's what happened. So it's a really cool story. And, and I think there's a lot to be gleaned from it. So I'll kind of share the short version. So... When I went to sell my company, I was in the paging business. And, um, you know, you think of pagers, I mean, they're gone, right? It's a, an example of a technology that tech age, right? But back in the day, that was the cell phones of the time. Everybody had a, a pager and we had a paging network and cell phones were coming out. They were about a year out, maybe a year or two out. I knew it was the end of the paging business. Now, in our industry, the people in the industry thought that we would just sell more pagers because initially it was 50 cents a minute for your cell phone. And so you would page your friends and then they'd call you back. But I knew eventually the bottom would fall out from the market and there'd be no pagers. So I knew I had to sell my company. And I I knew that I had about a year window and I hired a business broker and we didn't have a lot of success. But then eventually all of a sudden 
one of my suitors just reached out to me and wanted to do the deal. And I thought it was fishy that for a year we chased him, but all of a sudden now he wanted to do the deal. And he had a public company. It was small by public standards, but big by private standards. And all of a sudden he was interested in buying. And so we sat down to hammer out a deal at a Winchell's donut shop because he liked donuts. And I told him what my number was. He said, I'm, I, I'm not going to give you that kind of money. And I said, no, no. I said, I think you can. I said, why don't you give me some cash and a note and I'll take some stock back in your company. And he said, well, I, I could do that deal. And and because it was a paper deal for him, it was, you know, kind of buy now, pay later. And I said, great, let's do the deal. And then we hammered out the deal in 45 minutes on a Winchell's napkin. And the deal was done. And so in the end, he gave me cash, note, some stock. And he gave me two of his 42 classic cars. He gave me a, pink, a 1958 pink Cadillac and a 1965 Mustang convertible with pony interior. And the deal was done. We went through the, the escrow and this, that, but, but it happened. And why did I do the deal? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is he was the last of the, there were only two public companies left that hadn't consolidated. And I thought it was odd that, uh, you know, he just called me out of the blue uh, to do the deal. And look, I was young. I, I could take chances. And so I did. And half the company got bought out a year later in that moment in time changed my life. From there, I became the biggest electronic, well, I was a recording artist for a minute. Then I became the biggest electronic music event producer in the US. And because, actually, sorry, that was first. Because I built in fan base, I could throw my own concerts. So then I had distribution. Then I had a, a couple of, I had a record deal, put out a couple albums, had success there. And then started writing and producing music. And I thought I was just going to, do that for a bit and go back to being an artist. But my partner, Layla, discovered Tupac and that plummeted me into the hip hop wow. world. Yeah. Changed my life, changed the That's face incredible. of music again. Yeah. It was, that was incredible and fortuitous and also planned. I aligned myself with Layla because I knew what she was capable of doing and, and with her connections and, and, and her mission. And so that happened, changed my life. I produced a lot of big bands, obviously. And then I got out of the business. And, and so why did I get out of the business? Well, I was doing great, but Napster came out. 50 million people were downloading free music. And I saw the writing on the wall, especially when a, a Tupac record that we were working on came out on the streets before it came out with the record label. And that really threatened all of us. It was bad. So I bounced. I didn't know what to do, but I knew how to produce. I was like, well, maybe I could produce television. And this was at the beginning of reality television. So I hired a team. Unbeknownst to them, they taught me how to produce television. And I never really had any success in the television business. I didn't have any hits because I was only there a few years. And then I started a sleepy little company in the outsourcing business called 123 Employee. And I would love to say it was a rapid growth company, but it wasn't. I spent 15 hard years building that company, but it was a blast. And if there's a couple of things that I can do uniquely or well. One is I'm very good at leading people. And two, and I can't take the credit for this. It was really my partner, Bujal, that that got me into this. But I learned that I could bring my personality into my business. And so I was an entertainer. So I started speaking and teaching. And that took me to 51 countries all over the globe. And it was great. And that allowed me to get that entertainment out of me. And so I have recently had a merger and have moved on from one, two, three, but they kept me on as CEO. And so I still handle some day-to-day -day there. But today, I'm, I'm on the board of several companies. I'm really focused on the things I'm passionate about, a lot of cool philanthropic projects. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at today. Well, that's incredible. And do you love the podcast and the book and wonder what the next step should be on your lifestyle investor journey? 
For a limited time, my team is doing free personalized consultation calls to learn more about your goals and determine which of our courses or masterminds will help you get to the next level. Whether that's to make your first investment or to create your first income stream of passive income, or whether that's to achieve ultimate financial freedom. If you'd like to reserve a spot, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation to book a free strategy session while they're still available. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. You know, it's interesting because you've had a few different seasons of life, a few different iterations as an entrepreneur. And I'm curious if you feel like any are more meaningful than the others or any were bigger leaps than the others. Like sometimes you feel like the first time it's like, whoa, this is incredible. But also sometimes it's the bigger dollar amount. Sometimes it's the one that gives you a second bite at the apple. I'm curious kind of how you look at it. Yeah, uh, that's an excellent question. So had a couple of, of good exits in my lifetime. And those, of course, are game changers. Some people will work in a business forever making minuscule profits, and then they'll, they'll have a payday, right, when you have an exit. I was able to do well with my businesses. I had big exits on, but of course, the exits were the leapfrogs, right? They kind of change everything. And so, yes, those had the biggest impact on me probably personally and financially. The biggest tipping, tipping point in my business was when I became a New York Times bestseller. That really was a leapfrog, if you will. And then I have to say, the two businesses that I learned the most from, and may, maybe it's even three. So one was entertainment. Ty Lopez said something to me several years ago. You know, I lo- love or hate Ty. A lot of people hate Ty. All that means is he's very big. If you don't have haters, nobody knows who you are, right? And so Ty's got a lot of haters, and that's because he has a huge audience. And Ty is actually a neighbor here in Puerto Rico. And I I actually really like Ty. I think he's one of the brightest people I've ever met. And Ty said something years ago. He said, you know, if you're an educator, you're already out of business. You don't realize it. You're already done. You have to educate, right? Especially now. And so entertainment is something that is just in my blood. It came by osmosis from when I was in the music business. And so that has certainly been beneficial for me in everything I do. And then you may spank me out there for this, but I have to say probably the greatest thing I ever learned in business was lessons I learned from MLM. And, you know, over the years I did a few MLMs and I did really, really well in them. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm an MLMer at all, but I did have some very good experiences and boy, I learned so much there, you know, how to, how to lead people, how to inspire people. And a lot of people don't have success initially. So you've got to keep them in there until they do have some success. And that, that's a big deal. A lot of those leadership skills, all the personal development stuff I learned in the early days in, in network marketing. So, so those were val- very valuable. And then also being a public speaker, only about 5% of the world feels comfortable speaking publicly, but there are so many diamonds in speaking publicly. I mean, it builds a brand. It's incredibly enjoyable. You get paid to travel. If that's your thing, it's like, it's a blessing. I mean, I would do it for free. The fact that I get paid for it is just remarkable. And I think this is an important aspect to share with everyone. So one of the biggest tipping points in my business was a long time ago. And it was when I went from marketing to one to marketing to many. And Justin, you can relate to this because you only market to many. Okay. Um, In the early days, we always marketed one to one. And of course, you know, info marketing is a much bigger audience today. Many more people do this. I was a pioneer in info marketing, but 
So many businesses market one-to-one, but we made a shift in our business many, many decades ago. And actually, let me back up for a second and tell you how this happened, because there's another insight within an insight here. I love it. Okay, (laughs) cool. So when I started 123Employee, we were way too early to market. We were first to market. We were literally, there were two companies out there. One died and it was us and that was it. And, you know, people think there's kind of this home court advantage to, you know, being early to market. I'm here to tell you that the bad far outweighs the good of being first to market. You can always tell who the pioneers are because they're the ones with the arrows in their back. And that was certainly us. We were way too early. We initially were in the business. We did virtual assistant services for entrepreneurs. We later grew into larger enterprise clients. And so all entrepreneurs needed us. They absolutely needed us. They were all buried. They needed our help, but none of them wanted us because they didn't know we existed. And everyone's always trying to sell into a need. Forget about a need. I mean, I need health insurance, but I'm not excited about it, right? But I want the new Tesla truck. And I'll do anything to get that damn thing, right? So you want to sell into one, but nobody wanted us because they didn't know we existed. So early on... You got to do a marketing campaign, right? You have to educate the market to let them know that they want you. Exactly. And so that's what we did. Early on, we adopted an educational model. I started writing books. Tenth book is out now. We started creating info products, started doing webinars. I started speaking on stages all over the globe. And we started doing our events globally, Australia, US, Europe, Asia, New Zealand. And we began educating our prospects, turning them into clients, which of course you can relate to. And uh, and that's you know what we do today. And that was by far the biggest tipping point in our, our business for sure. Because if you can go from marketing to one to marketing to many, it's it's monstrous for your business. Oh, no doubt. And you made a comment that maybe one of the biggest successes or one of the exciting personal achievements you've had is becoming a best-selling author. And I remember early on, as I was writing my book, I had a really good friend say to me, and he was a best-selling author. He goes, hey, Justin, there's life before becoming a bestseller and there's life after becoming a bestseller. And it is nothing alike. And I, I kind of chuckled at that. I'm like, okay, right. whatever. We'll see. That is one of the truest statements and pieces of information, education that I have ever gotten because it is a whole different world out there. And the opportunities that exist because of assumed authority or presumed authority, just it's endless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. A A lot of gold there. I mean, I even tell people you can write a book. The book doesn't even have to be good. Most people won't make it to the end of your book or and, and a lot won't even ever open it, right? But they'll call you. That's they'll right. go to your website, right? They'll buy your stuff. That's right. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. Now, one of the cool things about you, though, is you said, hey, I'm going to be an early adopter with Puerto Rico. And I'd yes. love to talk about this because having some exits while in Puerto Rico has been massively beneficial for you from a tax saving standpoint. The amount of money you've been able to save legally is astronomical compared to if you had still lived in the States or in in the continental US. Yeah, I was excited to kind of share this with your audience because you're all about having passive investments, being the lifestyle investor, right? Having passive investments that support your lifestyle. And if you're not quite at that point, you know, you've got some money, you're investing, but it's, it's not enough to get you free, if you will. You know, one option is you move to a place like Puerto Rico, which is the last tax haven for U.S. citizens, and now your tax drops dramatically, and then it could work. Like, I'll give you an example. I I have some dear friends that I moved out here. I moved a lot of people out here. I have a dear friend that I moved out here, and they make a lot of money, 
but they didn't feel like it was enough to retire, but they moved here and they're like, okay, now we can retire. I mean, it's so cool. So let's unpack that. So just to be clear, you can't come over here and just take an exit. It's based on, you know, what the value of your business was when you left and when you got here, there's a formula. You need either three years for... Well, you have to be more, right. more than three. It's got, so for example, if, if you built a business for 10 years and you want to take advantage of the 10 years of when you sell it, you'd have to be here for 10 years. So, it, but you could write off a percentage. So, but the fact that you just save money on your taxes is huge. And, and there's even more benefits than that. So, so let's unpack it and I'll explain. So Puerto Rico is in the US. For those of you that don't know it, most people do. A lot of people don't. First time I came here 25 years ago, I didn't know. Um, we are, we're a territory and we are not governed by the IRS. We do report to the IRS. They have an office here as well as we have the FBI here too. So there's, there's oversight. But our tax authority is called Hacienda and that's who taxes us. And so the U.S. government, and, and I apologize if I get a little of this wrong, I'm, I'm not an attorney or a politician, but um, the U.S. government uh, allows these territories to um, offer certain incentives, economic incentives to attract people to their islands. And so there have been economic incentives here in Puerto Rico, depends who you ask, I will say since the 40s, Operation Bootstrap, but Honestly, it goes back to the, the Spanish. When Spain was here, they offered economic incentives to attract people to, to Puerto Rico. But anyways, if you are a U.S. citizen and you jump through the legal hoops, you make Puerto Rico your home. You have to live here. Um, you have to be here at least half the year. There's some exceptions to that, by the way, which I can share. But if you make Puerto Rico your home, you're a bona fide resident, then your federal income tax is 4%. Okay. And, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about state tax. I'm talking federal income tax. So you that might be in a 43% bracket. Now it's 10 times less 4%. So that's number one. Your personal capital gains, 0%. Okay. So if you're a lifestyle investor and you're living off of your investments, not paying tax, you're getting a 20% bump right away. If you're involved in something that's short-term gains like trading, then you're getting a 40% bump right away. That is huge. And then lastly, you're not taxed on dividends. So you might be here and you might pay yourself, uh, let's say a, a few hundred thousand dollar paycheck. You're going to pay regular taxes on that, just like you would in the States. But then if you had a phenomenal year and you've got a million of profits, you could pay out pay yourself out as a dividend and that would be tax-free. So it's pretty cool. Wow. It's incredible. That's now, there's incredible. even bigger benefits, in my opinion. First of all, I think the biggest benefit that nobody talks about is the deal flow. Okay, because now you're hanging out with, first of all, and by the way, there's not a lot of us here. I want to say maybe 7,000 on the island. That's it. Out of a population of a few million, just okay. shy of a few million. We have one of our mastermind members and, and dear friend of mine, Asim Hafiz, that lives out there and, and okay. is going through the program, has been there three years. and I think I know him. I think he's in my San Juan Social Club. I think so, because yeah. I connected yeah. you guys early yes, on. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, not a cool cat, cool cat. Yeah, he's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. He and his awesome. company has taken off. I mean, wow. he's doing some cool stuff. What does he do? What's his biz? He's in solar. Well, he's in a lot of different things, but his solar company's really taken off. Oh, so I'll have to talk to him about I'll that. I'll have to get him on the podcast and, and have him share his story. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's he's awesome. doing great. That's cool. And the tax, I'm sure, helps. That's right. So the even bigger benefit, though, that nobody really talks about is the deal flow, because it attracts very ultra high net worth people who have a lot going on, really out of the box thinkers. Also, they're pioneers. You have to be a pioneer to pick up and just move to Puerto Rico, right? And 
So as a result, it's incredible. So when I moved here, I knew a couple billionaires, barely. Had, had you asked them my name, they might have remembered it. But now I've got, you know, 20 on speed dial and we go jet skiing together all the time. And from that, I mean, the deals I do now are much, much bigger deals. I think much, much bigger. It's just a whole different ball game. And I love it. So that's a, a huge benefit. That's cool. There is no better investment than doing what it takes, finding what you need to do to get around people playing the game of business and life and wealth creation at a higher level than you so that you can learn vicariously through yes. them. So you can, so your, your mindset can be impacted by them. Even passively, it will be impacted. Just hanging oh, yeah. around, hearing the oh, conversations. Yeah. I mean, to me, there's no single thing that someone can do that is better than investing in their peer group, investing in the intentionality with who they spend time with. I would totally agree. I, I think completely different than I did six years ago. Yep. I know so much more. It's a whole completely different mind shift. Yeah. And there's a compounding effect on it. So it's not like you just hang out in this one conversation or this one year, you get what you get. I mean, over time, that compounding and the direction that you take your life, the way that you see things, the the people you have access to, to, to help you vet or to partner with, or to, I guess, glean their expertise, like it just it up levels you in so many ways. But the way that it exponentially compounds over time, I think most people underestimate. Yeah, I totally agree 100%. And that's certainly been my experience. So some of the other benefits of being here, it's beautiful. I mean, Puerto Rico is gorgeous. It's a tropical island. But but if you haven't been here before, uh, don't think that it's like, uh, hey, man, welcome to Labadee. It's not like that. I mean, it, you can find your STK steakhouse. All your favorite chains are here. Morton's is packed. I mean, it's you're in the U.S., kind of Miami-ish. But at the same time, you're also on a tropical island. It's beautiful. The weather here is great all year long. Yes, we do have a hurricane season, of course. Yes, a once-in-a-hundred-year hurricane decimated Puerto Rico about five or six years ago, but that's not the norm. And the weather is amazing. So I'd always thought that we used to live in California where we were paying an egregious amount of tax. And I thought one day we'd live half the year in California and half the year in Australia. And I'd have summer all year long because I hate cold weather. But I ended up getting it here. We have great weather all year long. It's always warm here. If anything, it gets boring because it's just one type of weather. Like, perfect. It can get hot and humid in the summer, but it's, it's perfect. The food is great. The people are lovely. Some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. They are just the type of people that would give you the shirt off their back. It's really neat. It's really neat. And so, yes, there's so many benefits to being here in Puerto Rico. I, I totally dig it and I absolutely recommend it. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. there's so much, I'll just say at a minimum, it's worth it to go and vacation and and do extended stay and check it out and and spend some time. I've had the privilege of of spending some good time there and we share several mutual friends in common. Last time I was there, this is years ago now, but I went and hung out with John Lee Dumas at his place, who I know you know very He's well. Just down the street from me. That's right. That's yep. right. Uh, yep. And so just, we had an incredible time just all over the island. We went to El Junque. And I mean, we, we just checked everything out and it was a blast and it's such a cool place. So at a minimum, yeah, go vacation, go check it out. If you've never been, go. If you haven't been in a while, it is a different place today, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's really, I mean, you can see how much change has happened over the last six years. And a lot of that has to do with the economic incentives. It's attracting a lot of brain trust and money to the island to affect change. And then on top of that, compound that with a ton of bright and successful Puerto Ricans as well. And I, it's just a recipe for greatness. And 
I believe that this is actually going to be a renaissance for Puerto Rico. This is very interesting. So when Puerto Rico created the last iteration, let's call it, of these tax incentives, this was back in the 40s, Operation Bootstrap, Luis Munoz Marin, who was the first Puerto Rican governor of Puerto Rico. And they created these economic incentives. In the 50s and in the 60s, people came from all over the world to see what Puerto Rico was doing, and they copied it. Leaders from Singapore, Ireland, they went back to their respective countries and look what they created in Singapore. Like, unbelievable. So, yeah, it went from third world to first world in a very short period of time. 30 years became the crown jewel of, of Asia. Now, right. that didn't happen for us. Why didn't it? Like, we were the creator. Remember, I always say you can always tell the, the pioneers, right? They're the ones that yep. have arrows on their back. But why didn't that happen for us? A lot of great things did happen for us. Initially, about 140,000 jobs were created from those tax incentives the first time around, or one of the times around, let's call it. The one, it attracted drug manufacturing to the island, and that was huge. This is legal drug manufacturing for the Correct. record because yes, the water's yes. so pure and clean. I just want to <laughs> clarify yeah. that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So anyways, it was wonderful for Puerto Rico. But then that went away and Puerto Rico went into a 20-year landslide, which is they're now kind of coming out of. Why? Well, a lot of this was governmental mistakes that were made on a governmental level. But I believe now could be a perfect storm and a renaissance for Puerto Rico. Why? They have new programs in place, great tax incentives. People are taking advantage of them. Puerto Rico is flush with billions of dollars from FEMA relief. And so that's coming through. Puerto Rico went bankrupt. First, really, territory or state to go bankrupt. But that has now been settled. And so the day will come when Puerto Rico will have a good credit rating again. So there are just so many great things going on. Matter of fact, they're looking at possibly launching rockets uh, out of, of Saba. Wow which would be huge. That would be massive for Puerto Rico. So there's so many great things going on here. I think a lot of people, when they think of Puerto Rico, oh, they don't have power, right? No, we have a power. <laughs> okay. There's so many great things going on here. And, you know, I just love being an advocate for Puerto Rico. And also I want to share something, Justin, because you mentioned JLD. So John Lee Dumas is a dear friend, a neighbor, and one of the reasons I actually moved to Puerto Rico. And so I'll explain how this segues in a second. So as you know, Justin, I created a group here. So I, I love to create communities. I have millions of followers globally, but here in my community, I have millions of followers globally. But, but here in Puerto Rico, I also started a community about six years ago when I first got here. We started doing monthly events across the island. Just do it as a public service. It's nothing I charge for. And I created them because I wanted to bring Puerto Ricans together with New Ricans like, like me for conversation and dialogue. And then from there, anything's possible. And so fast forward over five years later, we have over a thousand people in the San Juan Social Club. And we do events at curated locations once a month across the island. And a few months ago, as you know, I announced our first ever San Juan Social Club cruise. And that is actually leaving out of San Juan on Virgin. It's for people that live in Puerto Rico and people that are interested in Puerto Rico that want to network, make friends, and learn about all of Puerto Rico's amazing resources and opportunities like the tax incentives. And there's more, but that's that's one. And by the way, just, just so you all know, there are 70 of these acts that are tax incentives. As a matter of fact, I want to talk wow. about a few of those in a second. 70. That's 70. incredible. And they're all neat. So I'll explain a few in a second. But we announced the San Juan Social Club Cruise. We've already had 250 people book it, uh, which is exciting. JLD is speaking, as are some other world-class speakers. We have a couple of former Secretary of Economic Development to Puerto Rico. They're speaking. We have some big celebrities. Joel Kahn, a New York Times bestseller. He's speaking. Uh, John Nigerian from CNBC, etc. And can I give out the, the website? 
Sure, go for it. Okay, cool. So, and we'll put it in the show notes too, but it's samwansocialcruise.com, samwansocialcruise.com. You can get information on the cruise. Next one is March 9th through the 16th, but it's annual. So, you know, check us out anytime. Love for you to cruise with us. We're on Virgin, hottest cruise line on the seas, and it is just going to be, I'm so excited about it. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I love it. It is awesome. Matter of fact, Justin, you should come and we should put you on stage. Well, you know what? We can talk about that for Let's a future year that. for sure. Okay, I, cool. I know this year will be tough for me, but yes, uh, I think I asked years, you already. Yes, most sounds certainly. Good. Great. I love the idea of this. That's uh, awesome. Now let's share a few more of the acts so people can hear. Yeah, yeah, let's do. Okay. So just give an example. First of all, most of you out there, if you're in the US, you probably know about OZs or opportunity zones. And opportunity zones are sort of underserved areas, if you will, like like depressed areas where you can go in and you know buy a property and and renovate it and if you hang on to it for x amount of years i think it's 10 years to take full advantage you can defer taxes on that which is it's it's a great program it's not perfect because you know you have to go into some like what can be some dodgy areas but but it's great i mean it's built to bring up those areas well let me tell you something crazy 97 percent of puerto rico is an opportunity zone and that's not because 97% of Puerto Rico looks like shit. It doesn't. It's beautiful. It's great and beautiful areas. Believe it or not, the area that I live in, which is quite upscale, is also an opportunity zone, which is insane. Wow. So yeah, it's incredible. Now, if you live here, you don't care because you're not paying taxes anyways, right? If you are somebody that has relocated to Puerto Rico. But if you're raising money for projects, you do care, right? Because if you bring money from the U.S. and what have you, then uh, they can they can defer their taxes or or alleviate their taxes, which is great. So that's one. My favorite is the hospitality incentive. If you come here and you buy a property, it has to have, I believe, it's either seven or eight bedrooms and baths. Okay. Now you could buy it; it could have six bedrooms or baths, and you could add that extra one or two. But if it has, it's either seven or eight. Then let's say you pay. Let's just say you pay a million dollars to keep the numbers round. You pay a million dollars for it and you put a million into reno, which you probably wouldn't. I mean, you probably put in like 400K or 400 probably. But let's say you buy it for a million, you put a million in reno. You receive back a 40% tax credit. So if you buy a place for a million, put in a million, you will receive back 800,000 in tax credit. Now you may say, well, I don't need that tax credit or whatever. You could sell the tax credit for about 95 cents on the dollar. So essentially... You invest $2 million and you're going to get almost a million dollars back. Hello. I mean, that's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. It's over, it's over a four year period, but it's, it's huge. Absolutely huge. And there's always kind of these little caveats to each, each act as well. That's cool too. Like, for example, let's say you're a little tight on cash doing this deal. You can take a lower back end, but get 10% upfront, like as soon as you fund. So let's say you finance and let's say you had to put a couple hundred thousand down on this $2 million full construction package, but you say, I'll take my economic incentive 10% up front and I'll take 10% less in the back. Then you would then be able to pay back what you put into the deal. And and then at that point, you'd be $0 in of your own money. Like that's insane. Okay. Here's one more. I love it. We have a 40% tax credit for entertainment, for shooting. So my cousin Danny is a showrunner. She's a producer and she came here and shot her pilot for Amazon. We got to hang out because she got 40% back. They shot it here. Her pilot took place in Cuba. So they just cheated it so that this looked like Cuba. Super awesome. I'll give you one more that's really cool. So Puerto Rico is, of course, big proponents of sustainable energy. So 
if your car has a plug, so there's a 30% import tax if you want to bring your car over here. If your car has a plug, then you pay zero import tax. So I brought over, I have a supercar. It only gets 19 miles on electric, but it's got a plug. So I got to bring it over here for, it's a plug-in hybrid. So I got to bring it over here uh, tax-free, which is so cool. I think I spent $1,500 to bring it over here. It was ridiculous. And that's just, there are so many of these tax incentives. And that's because that's what these territories get to offer. They need something to, to right. drop people to them, right? And so it, I just think it's so cool. And I'm fascinated with Puerto Rican history and the history of the economic incentives. There's a lot to be gleaned from it. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. Well, I'm a huge fan and I feel like you've shared so much insight with us on your journey and on Puerto Rico. You know, I did an earlier podcast episode years ago with James Hickman, who's a good friend that lives out there at least part of the year. Oh, James Hickman. Yeah, he lives here and he lives in Whistler. Yeah, he's a good That's buddy. Right. Yeah, That's he right. is. And this is really cool too, by the way, is if you come out here and you say, I'm, I'm not going to contribute at all. I'm just going to come here, do my time and go home. You're still going to contribute because you're going to hire people you're going to hire your cooks, your cleaning people, your maid, your this, your that. You're going to patronize local restaurants and so on and so forth. So at the bare minimum, you will make an impact by coming over here. But there's a lot of people that come over here and they say, hey, I want to make an impact where I live. Like for me, my goal was to leave this island a better place than when I arrived. And so that's why I created the San Juan Social Club. That's why we have a philanthropic arm as well. Last year, we gave 1,500 toys to the orphans. We're about to do that again this year. We helped Boys and Girls Club raise $300,000 in a day, which was a record for them. We're doing all these cool things. And James is another example. He came here and he started Roundtable Media. Now, James is the former president of Sports Illustrated Online and a very smart individual, super smart, great guy. And he, he came over here, started Roundtable Media, which is almost a kind of, it's like a news version of Sports Illustrated Online but it's, it emanates from here in Puerto Rico. Um, so it, it's just an example of the movers and shakers that are coming to the island and, and affecting change. Yeah, it's such a cool spot. Well, I appreciate your time. Where can yeah. people learn more about you if they want to inquire? Obviously, you've already listed the website for sure. the cruise, but yep. if people are interested more in connecting with you. Sure. DavinMichaels.com. That's uh, D-A-V-E-N-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S.com. And I'm Davin Michaels on everything. So just at Davin Michaels in any social media and you'll find me except TikTok where I'm Davin Michaels one. Somebody scooped me on my name, but otherwise <laughs> just Davin Michaels. Oh, I love it. Well, so good spending time with you. I'm going to wrap you, up amigo. our episode the way I wrap up every episode, which is with a question that I want to ask our audience. So for those of you listening, for those of you watching, my question for you again this week is what is one step that you can take today towards financial freedom and towards the life that you truly desire, one that's on your terms? So not by default, like most people live and like I did in the past, but by design with intentionality, being proactive. What does that look like? And what one tangible thing can you take from Davin today? Cool. Thanks. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. 
You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.